I have some. I always have questions for you. You're amazing, mashallah. Um, but I feel like I can. Because you love me. I'm I not do. amazing just I because do. you love me. <laughs> um, so one thing I was wondering. Um, the midnight prayer. So some people call it, or some people, you know, pray it before Fajr. What time do you pray it? Can you tell us, like, the the technical aspect and um, uh, the best time to pray, kind of the, the practical? Yeah. Okay. So the, the midnight prayer, or the afternight prayer, I should say, it starts any time after the last prayer. Some people call the, if it's early night, like especially in winter time. The last prayer will be around like 6 o'clock. So what if I pray extra prayer just before I go to bed around 9 o'clock? Would this be considered part of tahajjud? That a very common word. So scholars wanted to uh, differentiate between qiyam and tahajjud. They said, this is what scholars say, they say if you don't sleep, like you stayed all night until like 9, 10, 11, midnight, and you pray in extra cycles, that would be considered qiyam. Not tahajjud. If you take a nap and sleep a few hours and you get up at like 1, 2, 3 in the morning and you pray, they call it tahajjud. Technically, nothing like that stayed in the Quran. So tahajjud means an extra prayer that brings even, if you look at the word tahajjud, has the same letter of the word jihad. So it means, technically, it's an, effort, an extra effort that we're going to make in order to get up in the middle of the night and pray an extra one. It is an extra effort because everybody's sleeping and I am awake. It's not the mandated prayer. It's an extra. That's why it has more effort in it. The beauty of tahajjud, which you can start from midnight until the call for the pre-dawn prayer, is that it's a time where you have nothing to do except to reflect on your personal life and your connection with God and your mission and purpose of life. Because why would you get up in the middle of the night and pray if you don't have that need? Although I started praying out of fear and after the death of my um, best friend's mom, but it took me a while even I said it took me a while to understand the meaning of the prayer. But honestly, even before I understood the meaning of the prayer, I started feeling the beauty of the prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been praying since then, a few years ago, not too long ago. A few years ago, I was in college. <laughs> so I, I, I will give up anything except this prayer. Mm-hmm. This is where I charge myself. This is where I feel connected with God. This is where I feel inspiration. This is where I study my Quran. This is where I feel like this is the energy, the wisdom that will come to me. And it's reality because we hear it from people. This is meditation time where you can have your uh, pure soul, you know, cleansing your pure soul, your heart, and getting ready to receive inspiration from the Lord so you can work your day. So in, in order to be able to work eight hours a day, you need to charge your phone. What about us? We need to be charged. And technically, we don't have time to charge ourselves during the day. We don't. Honestly, no matter what we are devoted, maybe in Ramadan it's a different story, but in the year, we don't have time to focus on the five daily prayer. 
probably fissure the pre-dawn. We have time because it's like 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. But what if you work early in the morning? Like sometimes I leave my house right after I pray because it takes me an hour to get to where I need to go. So I am not able to spend 15, 20 minutes in my prayer. But when I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I have the two hours before the dawn to pray, focus, read the Quran, and reflect, I am ready to spend five minutes in my pre-dawn prayer, but I already I am charged, and then go to work. So I've been doing that more than 30 plus years. It changed my life completely. This midnight prayer or early pre-dawn prayer, I, I can't describe the, the beauty of it. No matter what I say, it's beyond what I can tell you. So you can do it anytime from after night prayer, right five minutes before uh, Fajr. What's interesting is that in the winter, it's so easy to do it. And I always encourage people, at least in the winter, do it. Because if Fajr is like 6 a.m., 5.45, you can do two cycles and you will be good. Even that simple amount of a prayer in the beginning to start is beautiful. It's a good start. And then can you also explain duha? Duha. Mm -hmm. So an extra one I added, which is um, there's a one hadith of the prophet where uh, his wife, Umm Salama, talked about it. That when he came to Mecca after he lived so many years in Medina, he went to the house of his cousin, Umm Hani, first cousin, the uh, sister, I think, of Ali. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And he prayed two rak'at of duha. And duha means a time, which I read the second surah that I read, it It was duha. And duha means after the sun rises in the morning. So between pre-dawn or between the pre-dawn prayer, Fajr, to noon, we have a long time. And I felt being away from prayer is not good for me. So that's why adding an extra one by the prophet, he added one extra. To me, it's an important prayer. So I am constantly back to God throughout the day. I have a question, but thank you so much. you Because you so really much. made uh, Salat come alive, and I've only been doing the night prayers for about four years now, but I can truly attest to the deepest, most profound yes sense of peace and when I hear your voice I'm not a native Arabic speaker it just transports me to another thank you. world in time and thank you shukran Afwan, you're welcome you are welcome I was just gonna say that I'm a convert and I understand and the importance of prayer I love prayer um, I've also noticed that recently um, I've been working a lot on how when things are going good, um, connecting with Allah and thanking Allah for that um, and continuing to at least try to pray. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, it's like when things were going good, that's when I would slip with my prayer. Um, but in general, I'm trying to work to get the five daily prayers in at some point, inshallah. It's like sometimes I get a majority of them in, but not all of them in. And I was just curious if you had any tips. I'm just 
continuing to try, but if you have any tips. I have a few tips, but my few tips are long tips, but we can try to uh, give you a few of them. I do workshop on each step of the prayer, from saying Allahu Akbar to Assalamu Alaikum. What's the meaning of each one of them and the significance of why we stand, why we bow, why we say everything? Because we learn a lot of things and we never understood the meaning and the purpose behind every step of these uh, stages that we do. Number one is very important to have that uh, state in mind that you are going to be in the hands of God. So few minutes is, is not too much, but it's still the effect of these few minutes are amazing. To understand that now you are entering the, the realm of, of God and you are reciting his own words on earth to empower you so you can continue your journey in life. So the, the, the idea of, there's a term, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Muslims always talk about, I want to feel khushu'. Have you heard of that term? Okay. And in the mind of people, khushu'. Who can give me a, what do you, need, what do you know about the term, term khushu'? What does it mean? What? what? Contentment? Humble, humble yourself. Okay, that's fine. A lot of Muslims think that the term khushu'a means is that when you feel the presence of the Lord and you start shaking and you have tears in your eyes, and then what after that? Then you're done. It's a moment of kind of a very beautiful feeling, but what's the outcome of it? Khushu'a, technically in the Quran, has a completely different meaning. Because it came describing the earth. The meaning of this ayah means that the earth is in a state of khushu'a. So when God sends the rain, the earth is ready to receive the rain, which is a state of khushu'a. And after it receives the rain, it brings plantation. So to be in act of khushu'a salah is to understand that you are in the presence of the Lord and you're going to receive kind of revelation, spirituality. And that will turn into an energy inside of you so you can be more productive. Tears or no tears is not about khushu'a. Khushu'a is how you can transform your life from being inactive to being active. How you don't have solutions to have solutions. And remember, one of the famous hadiths of the Prophet, he said any time, his wife said about him, any time he had a very uh, major matter, he used to establish a prayer. Why does he need an extra prayer? To receive an inspiration of the Lord and solutions for so many things. And I can witness of that. So when I have a big task to do, or a big project and I am out of solutions or plans or ideas, they're going to come when I pray. After I pray, I have everything in my mind. So it's not only to, because most Muslims say, you pray so you'll know you will be protected from the hellfire. So most of the time, if not all the time, in the mind of Muslims, they pray for the hereafter, so they will not be punished in the hereafter. But they don't relate that I need to pray for this life, 
for today, for my daily struggle that I have. So when we switch the understanding of the prayer, few times and you will get it, the beauty. You will feel that the prayer is not only I done it, check, I done it, check. No, it's more than that. So just get ready. Even um, in the workshop that I do, I talk about even wudu. What is wudu? We all know. When we have to wash hands and face and feet, you know, the cleansiness, the act of ablution before we pray. But I know a lot of people don't think about wudu. They enter the bathroom, they make the wudu, and they have nothing in their mind. Right? How often you think about your wudu while you're making wudu? Um, since you brought that up, um, it actually brought up an interesting um, point I made in a couple interviews I've done related to Muslims here um, in the USC area. And so I found that kind of interesting in regards to the wudu um, because they would be asking me like my experience with it and stuff. And um, I don't know why I just feel like sharing this interesting point. Um, so for me, it's very challenging and not because of the whole um, convert thing. It's more so just this great fear and anxiety I have, more so because I came from um, the South. Um, and so it's like for me, I either do wudu before I come to the masjid or I do or I go with a friend or someone I know otherwise if that's not the case then I really just avoid it altogether and I feel kind of bad about it sometimes but again it leads back to those other things the anxiety and stuff because of I'm a transgender Muslim, and so that that you brought up was interesting to me. So, so yes. I'm not sure if I understood you correctly, but do you have a challenge in making wudu? It's, it's, not, I, it's not necessarily a challenge for me. It's just something interesting that I was thinking about while you were talking about wudu because I had been trying to... I've been making these points recently in interviews that I've had where, again, it's like, I have no challenge making wudu personally. It's just this fear and anxiety and stuff because of, not, not as much from the sisters, because the sisters are usually pretty cool. It's more um, of the older, Mills and stuff, and I just don't want to start trouble, and I don't want to get hurt and stuff like that. And so that's a fear that I have, and so I just avoid it sometimes. So you avoid making wudu, but you pray? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's your way. What I'm trying to say about wudu specifically, 
that we all know, but we probably don't pay attention to it, is that how many times Salah came in the Quran, almost in every chapter, if not every chapter, almost every other chapter, and in every other chapter, every page. But what's interesting, we don't have details about the prayer. However, we have a details about wudu. So as much as we feel prayer so important, we don't bring the concept of I'm worshiping God in my wudu. That God gave me a long ayah in the Quran describing my wudu. He did not give me a long ayah describing the steps of my salah, but he taught me how to make wudu. We need to bring that concept. I need to feel the, 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 the beauty of salah when I start my wudu because it's an act of worship by itself. So as we go and we make wudu, we talk and we do so many things while we're making wudu, but we're not thinking that I am making, it's a ibadah, it's an act of worship. So once we start feeling that this, this uh, uh, being in a state of humbleness and feeling that, you know, the presence of the Lord in doing wudu, it will help us also to focus more on the prayer. So the prayer will take a different term when we, when we pray. Uh, is there a specific uh, dua, or sorry, dua or dhikr that you make when you're uh, making wudu? Yeah, the common one. Well, there, we actually, in a couple, or I think it was last month or the month before, we were talking about there's so many different things that people do. You um, make your own, yeah. you, you, dua, dua it has, what I, you know when I ask mm -hmm. you after the salah, should I make a dua? Yes. Okay, everything that I said after salah, it was verses from the Quran. Mm. So 90% when I make my dua, I start always with verses on the Quran, and then I add traditional dua. For the after wudu, it's open to you. The common one is, Allahumma ja'alni min al-tawabin wa mutatahirin. God, make me out of the purified uh, people and the clean one. Adkhilni uh, al-jannah. Let me enter. Any prayer that will bring but, you closer uh, to God. Dhikr during uh, uh, wudu. Uh, that, that's a tradition. That's not a, not, there's it's no not, saying okay. of the prophet about it. Yeah, okay. there's for every step something to say. Yeah. That's a tradition. Okay. That's not um, hadith. Okay. So then. alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. I always enjoy your khutbah. Um, Shukran alhamdulillah. I have it. Alhamdulillah. Really silly. Um, how do I say that? Uh, I, I don't know how people focus during the prayers. I have been praying long time, like for in my life. Like I started very early when I pray. I started praying like really early ages. But I have, um, I still have difficulty, like stay focused, stay in the prayers. Um, I distracted, um, even now, like I'm I'm old, like, but I I always get distracted. There are very that, few times very I could remember question. that I didn't. You're not alone. You're not alone. I'm with you. Okay, but there are certain ways that we can help each other, and we can help ourselves to stay focused. Number one, be ready to pray. You're not praying because you have to check mark. Be ready that I can wait to pray. Okay, not all the time, but most of the time, if we can. Number two, avoid busy area. So I see a lot of people praying 
while people are talking on the phone, TV on, doing dishes, other person is running, kids are here. I don't do that. Every time when I pray, I ask whether everybody can stay quiet or I can go to a room. You have to be in your own space because we're going to be distracted. And we are multi-talented human being women, so we can hear everything while we're praying. Not like men. Men hear only one thing. We hear everything. So try to be in a space where you feel like you're only alone and praying. Number three, if we have the habit of repeating, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ إِنَّ عَطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْسَرْ 17 times a day, yes, definitely we're not going to be focused. So we have to memorize more and alternate. Because once you repeat, in Arabic, عِبَادَةً turns into عَادَة. عِبَادَة عَادَة. Two similar words, the difference is between one letter. Ibada is a worship, Ada is a habit. So worship is not a habit. Once you routinely, you say what you say every time and you do it, then that's not a worship. So you have to focus on what you say and what, you, what you're doing. If you understand every word you're saying, that will be a blessing. But I would, uh, if you don't speak Arabic, I understand. But if you can read the Quran, okay, try to read new chapters while you're praying. So today, technology, God bless technology, helped us a lot. So very simple thing, especially I'm talking about Indo-Pakistani community, Bangladesh, you know, people from uh, far east of Asia, they can read Arabic. And a lot of Muslims, not Arab, can read Arabic. So even if they don't understand what they read, I will encourage them, turn on your phone, Open the Quran application, read a surah, two lines that you don't know, that you're not, you know, acquainted with, or you know, it's not a habit to read them, and keep on doing that all the time. And when you're done, put it on the side, put it in your pocket, make, go, bring it all the way down. But that will help you to stay focused because you're reading something new. So don't repeat the same verses. That's a great Every day, That's such a great tip. And actually, when I was uh, when I first started praying and I was a teenager or praying regularly, um, what I did was I went back to all of the surahs that I had memorized and I memorized the English translations. And I think that made the biggest difference for me is actually understanding what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's also a, an important. There element. is an application, yeah. uh, Quran.com. You read the ayah in Arabic and every word that gives you the translation on it. So this will help you also to uh, understand. Okay, we have uh, time for one more. This is Amani, our past khatiba. We're happy to have her back. Thank you. Um, so I, I literally just walked into this like a few minutes ago. So I didn't know if this was like a Q&A or just like an yeah. open round table and stuff like that. But I really wanted to contribute to the conversation you started about wudu because it's one that I particularly find interesting. Um, and it's one that I have actually like discussed online um, in the past because we have like this wudu has been a struggle for me too because yeah. one of the one of the things actually that I get number one comment I got on my social media for example is like how do you pray with your nails on you know like how is your wudu accepted and like stuff like that and for me it's like wudu is a form of worship and that's 
that's why I perform would do with my nail polish on because I know that it's a ritualistic experience. Um, and what I look back to a lot when I, gain, when I want to gain comfort about wudu and like how to put it into my salah is that, you know, it's okay for us to do wudu tamayum, like with, with dirt, with sand. Um, and like if that's a, that's a form of wudu in case you don't have any water available. And to me that, that proves that it's not about like the physical cleansing aspect of it, but rather the spiritual cleansing before worship. Um, and so when I was like listening to your experience because I didn't even think about that, like that that's a factor in like performing wudu and that's something that can prevent Muslims from doing it. Like when I shared this conversation online about my struggle with wudu and I said that that's how I view it and I still perform wudu with my nail polish on and stuff like that, I got hundreds of messages from Muslim women saying like, I never looked at it that way. That makes me want to pray more and if I feel like wudu isn't an obstacle for me or a challenge for me to pray. And, you know, I feel like when, like... Islam is meant to make your life easier and you're supposed to be able to like worship God in the purest way possible. So it's like, n unfortunately, like no Muslim is going to understand your struggle and what you're enduring other than God. Like he's the only one that will really get it. So it's like, if, if I were in your position, like what I would do is like, even, even if I felt uncomfortable going into a public space to perform would do with other people or anything like that, even if I just like sat off by myself, I feel like, and in my head, even just, you know, it's written in the Quran, the steps for the wudu, right? Wash your arms up to the elbows, down to your ankles and stuff like that. Even if, like, to myself, like, between me and God, if I, like, sat to a corner and there's no water and there's no sand available and I just, like, did that ritual to myself just so I can, like, spiritually get into the mindset to prepare myself for salah, I feel like that would be a good first step, right? Like, I always look at Islam as kind of, like, anything is better than nothing, you know what I mean? Like, anything that will ease you into it or, like, make it... Like, just the, the end goal to me is always, like, the connection with God and whatever will make that connection, like, more pure and more direct. Um, I don't know if you have any, like, thoughts about that, but that's just, like, my, my spiritual approach to it, I guess. Well, th that's the way you see it, uh, which is an interesting thing. Um, I, I, I hear a lot of uh, people, uh, women, actually, not people, women specifically ask me about um, how do I do wudu. And um, it's a challenge for some women as you said, uh, with nail polish or makeup or outside of the house. I am, in my, my personal opinion, that goes to me, I, um, it's funny, but um, it's interesting also. About 30, 28 years ago, I, when I lived in West LA, um, I don't know, I encountered, an, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I encountered something that made me uncomfortable doing wudu in public restrooms. So, because, you know, we have to pull, take off, take shoes off, you know, socks, all this. Anyway, so I decided to fast one day. It was a Monday. Uh, and that day was the reason why I fasted, because I had the whole day the intention that asking God to make it easy for me to make wudu anywhere I go. I don't want to struggle in my wudu. I want God to help me to make it an easy. 30 years, I go to restroom, public restroom to make wudu, and a lot of women, people are there. I wait a few minutes, and then the restroom is mine completely. People go out, two minutes, I'm done with my wudu. So I 
to me, wudu is, is part of my salah. I can't give up on my wudu. But I found a way because I love it. And I decided to fast, to pray, so God will make it easy for me. I'm not saying that what you're doing is something that I agree or not or wrong. As you said, I love what you said. It's between you and God. But I would say, if you really want to do something, try first to ask the God to guide you to the right things that he wants you. Before we take step and make a decision that this is what I feel. Because this is your personal feeling and I, as a person, need to respect that. But when God talks about certain things, he talks about general, humankind, all believer. And he did say, Ya amanu idha qumtum ila If you're going to start the prayer, you need to do the washing. So there is a lesson and there is a, a wisdom behind doing the wudu that we probably don't know today what's the purpose of it, but one day we'll discover it. The idea is that let me try everything and do my best to have, to be able to make my wudu before I say that, you know what, I'm not. And when sometimes people say that it's really hard and I say, well, guess what? You can combine your prayer. One wudu, dhuhr and asr, and one wudu, maghrib and isha. You can do it two ways. You can make one wudu and pray dhuhr at the end of the time, just before asr, you have one wudu. Or you can combine two together. It depends on whatever opinion you follow. So you can combine two together, or you can pay, pray the last, you know, the last five minutes, dhuhr, and then you're ready to pray asr. And may Allah accept from all of us, because as you said, only God will judge us. So I pray for you that you will find comfort and ease to make your wudu anywhere you go. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Um, thank Wa you. I do realize you guys end at 2.30, so you, people can go. My question is going to be about what she said about hiya and like the translation of that. So if you want to know the answer, stick around. But if not, you guys can leave. Um, about so what? Oh, girl, just don't leave. Don't leave. Well, I was going to say, being on time is part of the sunnah, and I like try to be mindful of that. Um, Sister, you said something that I thought was just so fascinating, and as somebody who tries to study Islam uh, from an academic point of view as well as a practicing Muslim, um, I did find a lot of, not a lot, but a good amount of in, um, instances where different words have been in, mis interpreted differently. I'm not going to get into it, but Adribu was the one that I still completely am fascinated with, which I'm sure you are as well. But with Hiya, I thought it was so interesting for you to say that it, it, it goes into the liveliness of the, the prayer. And I think it's, subhanAllah, like such a beautiful way of looking at it. Um, and I could see the rationale um, of why God defined it the way he did. So thank you for sharing that. My question is, are there other quick um, kind of uh, definitions like that that you might be able to share with us that could be that enlightening and inspiring? Oh, I have tons of those. Give us more jewels. <laughs> I have tons of those. I, the, the 90 degree, I like it. Aqimu salah, which is uh, a very beautiful word to understand why God said aqimu. And then related to salah, when people sometimes have issues in praying standing, I always encourage them, only the Fatiha, stand. Because it's aqimu salah. So people can't stand unless they're laying down on their bed. But no matter what we have problems in our life, back problem, knees problem, standing is mandated for the meaning of it, that you're standing 
as Khalifa on earth to, to, you know, to be connected with God. And then the rest of the prayer, you can do it sitting. The Quran is full of those words. Um, and I don't know what can I give you, but my, my daughter laughed when you asked this question. But it, it's, it has a lot of those things. Inshallah, when I... Next khutbah. Next khutbah, <laughs> inshallah. Next khutbah. I will share with those meanings. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone is interested in volunteering at the prisons or jails, please let uh, Sister Maria know because she's... Oh, which LA, one? Los Angeles. In, uh, and Orange yeah. County, right? Yeah, the women's... Yeah, and, and Linwood women, I work in all... I'm the senior chaplain, so I go around all the jails. Yeah, she was kind enough to come here today so that we could enjoy her khutbah, um, but usually she's giving it at the various Yeah, at uh, the prisons. men's central jail. <laughs> Yeah, so um, she is looking for volunteers to join her, so please let her know if that's something that you can do consistently. She needs people who can come yeah. uh, and uh, keep consistent hours, inshallah. And then also Amani, um, inshallah, is uh, interviewing people for MTV um, on uh, the upcoming election, just American Muslims and their views on the election and um, what it means to them as an American Muslim. So if you would like to participate in that, um, please uh, go up to her outside and then uh, she can take care of that.